0: Welcome to All Places Together. Here we believe that our stories are connected to one another and are rooted in God's radical love for diverse creation. Wherever you are, whoever you are, however you are, take a deep breath. We're joining with creation. It's Planet Earth Week. I'm so glad to welcome Lyle McKee to the All Places Together podcast. Lyle is a retired Lutheran pastor whose one of his main ministry focuses was creation care. He was one of the founders of Hoosier Interfaith Power and Light and has taught many people, including me, about God's care to tend to the earth well and the practical steps on how to do this in your daily life. In addition to his work as a pastor and creation care theologian, he is also a skilled carpenter, a fierce euchre player, and a doting grandfather. Thank you, Lyle, for joining us today. My pleasure. So, Lyle, can you share with us where home is and what makes it special?
1: Well, I suppose in this context, I should say that home, first of all, is planet Earth, (laughs) Um, the place that God has created for human beings. Uh, to tend. More specifically, home for me has mostly been Indiana, although I have served in other other states. Did my internship in Wisconsin, and um, my first call was in northern Kentucky. More specifically, uh, home today has, is Bloomington, Indiana. I grew up in Richmond, but Bloomington is now home. And I think of it as, well, there's this quote I I wanted to share. I I can't recall who said it, but we won't save a place we don't love. Hmm. We won't love a place we don't know. And we can't know a place we haven't learned. So part of what makes Bloomington special is that I've learned about it. It is, of course, the place also where Indiana University is, which makes it a a special place for me and for the campus ministry that was associated with the ministry I served there. But it's also in a region that was tended well for 10,000 years by Native American people who immigrated through the area after the last ice age glaciers receded. It is only something more than two centuries ago that we laid claim to land that was already tended by those Native American peoples, mostly in the uh, in southwestern Indiana, the Shawnee and the Miami peoples. So that I think is important to know. It's part of what makes that place special, and it's also part of what uh, what is called a watershed areas that have biological significance, ecological significance, that increasingly are becoming areas that are used for planning purposes uh, by government bodies. Uh, we're in the Wabash River watershed. And of course, that empties into the Ohio and into the Mississippi. That, I think, is significant to know that we are, are a part of a, a place that involves lots of biology, flora, and fauna in a location that that contributes to the specialness of an area of course that my grandchildren all three of them now uh, also live in bloomington <laughs> makes it special for me
0: i love the zoom in and zoom out or i guess you started with a big zoom out and then you zoomed in and then you zoomed out again talking about home that like planet earth and then getting so specific down into the first nations that were there in the history and then that zoom back out that even though it's in indiana it connects into the mississippi the gulf of mexico and then like beyond that's so important and so grounding especially for our conversation today
1: yeah most people have no concept of that um i was reading the other day that 87 percent of the normal adults time is spent indoors Hmm. six percent in addition to that 87 percent is spent in a vehicle that does not leave a lot of time to connect to this place for which God has asked us to provide care
0: no that's really not a lot of time and I'm thinking here I don't know what watershed we're in here in Salem I know when we cross over into the Chesapeake Bay watershed like I remember seeing that sign on the interstate but I don't know that I paid attention when we were like crossing back into where we live. So I'm going to have to figure that out.
1: Yeah, it's cool. I've seen those on on roads too. It's kind of fun that, that people have paid attention and make and put those markers up so that maybe people can begin to get curious.
0: Yeah, to see that even from such a far distance, we're still connected. Yep. So it's pretty much as soon as I knew that All Places Together was going to be an official community that was going to happen... I knew that I wanted to engage in this season of creation. So if you've never heard of it before, the season of creation is a five-week church season that focuses on different themes of creation. And then it culminates with the celebration of an animal blessing in the tradition of St. Francis of Assisi, who is like the patron saint of animals, among other things as well. So I first learned about the season of creation from Lyle when I served the Lutheran church there with him in Bloomington, Indiana. And Lyle, I have to admit, I don't remember how you found out about it. I just remember you sharing the idea with staff and us just being really excited about doing it. So how did you find out about the season of creation?
1: Um, As I recall, I was uh, building the website for Hoosier Interfaith Power and Light, and I was researching the statements from various denominations, I think nearly all of whom have uh, very good statements related to creation care. And in looking at the Lutheran sites and others, I came across seasonofcreation.org, I think it is, or maybe it was .com, and uh, looked at that. and. Put it on the lutheran um, listing of of important uh, resources, and began to explore it myself so it it took me a while to get to the point where I was ready to uh, actually put that into practice, but yeah, you were part of that, and that was a lot of fun
0: it was I think of all of the different ministries that we did together while serving St. Thomas, that one just has such particular fondness in my memory because I think, I don't, I learned so much through it, and I think we just, we each got to share our own gifts in such complimentary and exciting ways that I think it was just such a blessing to everyone.
1: Yeah, and those creative people who put together those displays at the altar. Oh, that and, was so fun. Uh, hangings. Uh, yeah, you did some of that too. Uh, <laughs> hangings behind the choir and uh, not so much from the ceiling; it was pretty vaulted, but uh, it was a lot of fun.
0: <laughs> so each week um, in the liturgy for the season of creation, there's like a children's procession that you can do at the beginning, and the one I remember best was it was Animal Sunday, and so we invited all of the children of the congregation to bring their favorite stuffed animal. To bring up, because we did the, the animal blessing of live animals later, but on Animal Sunday, they brought all their stuffed animals, but then all these adults also brought their favorite stuffed animals. And so I just have these images of old and young sitting in those orange chairs in the sanctuary, like, talking about their stories of their favorite stuffed animals, and that's just so dear to me. Like, that's, that's some of the best of what church is right there.
1: That's well, pretty cool. Uh, I was surprised by that too, and I, I have vivid memories of, oh, Pauline and others grasping <laughs> their favorite stuffed animals as adults.
0: Yes, and just and being able to share those stories with one another—that I I don't know when else in the life of the church that we would have had the opportunity to do that. So that was so neat. That was so neat. How many times did you end up walking through the season of creation with Saint Thomas? Was it just that one year, or did you? Did y'all keep doing it after I left, too?
1: Oh, we did it until I retired.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I don't think I realized that. Yeah. So you made it through all three cycles.
1: Oh, at least that many. I think, I think four.
0: Oh, awesome. Awesome. So this year, this season of creation starts with Earth Week, which feels like such an appropriate place to start. And you just even set that up so well in your description of what home is. And so, of course, right, there's so much creation beyond Earth, um, all the other planets and solar systems and galaxies, but the planet Earth is the center of our lives and, and the starting place for everything for us. And the Bible text that goes with this week does this very cosmic kind of explanation of the planet Earth as well. So we're going to be reading from uh, the first 14 verses of the Gospel of John. So if you're not familiar with John, let me set the scene a little bit. John is one of the Gospels, so it's one of the books that tells about Jesus' life when he was on earth for those 33 years. But John is the odd duck of the Gospels. His voice is more poetic and more expansive than the other three. While Matthew and Luke start their Gospels with Jesus being born, and then Mark starts with Jesus's adult ministry, John goes way, way further back into the story of God um, to begin to tell the story of who Jesus is and why Jesus came to earth. So Lyle, would you read for us John chapter 1, 1 to 14?
1: Sure. And people should note here that, yeah, this um, John's cosmology here intentionally reflects the first words of Scripture in the book of Genesis.
0: Yes, it should sound familiar.
1: Yeah, John 1 1 through 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him, Not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light, the true light And the word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth.
0: Thank you. Wow, there is just so much in this text. I feel like each verse on its own could be a podcast. There's just so much to unpack. Lyle, what parts of this text stood out to you as you think about it in context with creation care?
1: Yeah, we don't have enough time for my answer to that. Um,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's really so rich. Um, first of all, the business of the creation mm. that the Word is the enlivening force of creation, that Jesus, the Christ, is present in all of creation, sanctifying all that is material and human in that process. So you know, it brings me back to this sense of place that's lost and the sacredness of place that's lost. Um, brings me back to um, a couple of the problems in theology that have just needled me over the years. The, the most central one for me is, is this sense of what creation is for. In the first chapter of Genesis, again, it's hard to talk about John without going back to genesis the Hayar uh, the in in the beginning um he's reflecting Hayar
0: is the Greek
1: is the Greek that reflects the Hebrew which are the first words of of genesis and in the first chapter of genesis we we get more of a sense of dominion and subduing and that has been the primary understanding of creation we're here to dominate to lord over to subdue creation but if you go to the second chapter of genesis uh, 215 and following it says that we are here to till and to keep the best translations um have come through several professors that I've I've, I've talked to and read, read, read from We are to serve and preserve creation. So all of that history of abuse is, in my opinion, a horrible misinterpretation of scripture. in in fact, I think what this does is help us to understand that our primary, our basic, our fundamental calling as Christians is to serve and preserve creation. People say, what am I here for? You know, what is my calling? Your calling is to serve and preserve in whatever ways you are able to use your gifts for the sake of enriching, enriching and sustaining and perpetuating the wonders of creation. If we could only get that sense of vocation instilled in people's minds. So there's that.
0: I want to ask a question there. Early on, you talked about Sanctification, and that's that Jesus comes, and part of His work is sanctification of people and our lives. Can you say a little bit more about what sanctification is? I think it's used differently in a lot of different traditions, so I just want to be sure that we're understanding the way that you're using it.
1: Oh well, I was still on verse one, but yeah, if we get to verse fourteen, <laughs> <laughs> how much time have you got? And the word, and the word became flesh I just for me the the essence of spirituality and and Christianity is in that incarnational understanding of God becoming human that God by virtue of embracing matter sanctifies matter and yes we can get into a theological discussion about how one gets sanctified yeah I I really don't want to get into that much I'd rather just say that The only sanctification that makes any sense to me is the sanctification of all of creation by the creative power of Christ in God and the incarnation of God in Christ.
0: Mm. So that we are, that this flesh and people are made holy, or just in case people don't know what sanctification means in in general made made holy
1: made sacred Mm. um uh it is a way to elevate the status of a being so that that being and i think this extends to all of creation deserves our respect our honor and has inherent dignity Mm. so that for me is the essence of what the incarnation means about being sacred. We are each sacred. We are not, as the philosophers would say, means to an end. You don't run over people to get what you want, but rather ends in ourselves. We are to be treated with full dignity, full honor in all things.
0: Yes, and that's how God calls us, yes, to be able to treat others in creation as well. Thank you for that clarification.
1: Yep. So another point is is um and I'm not sure this connects directly to this text, but for me, shalom is an important issue. Now that's a that's a Hebrew word that basically means the circumstances in life that that give all creatures the circumstances in which they can flourish and make use of their creativity for the good of all. Shalom for me is another way of saying heaven on earth. Mm. And the other theological problem that I've that really irks me is this pie in the sky by and by. You know, don't worry about today, it's all gonna be made right when we die and we're in the arms of of God and sitting on the lap of Jesus.
0: I'll fly away like the southern um southern hymn, all fly away to where the glory is to this other place.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's just insane theology. If you read scripture Clearly, Jesus is saying the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, if you prefer, is breaking into our lives here and now. And the incarnation is is the precursor of all of that. It's the beginning of all of that. that Jesus coming acknowledges that this is holy. I mean, Jesus becoming human didn't make us holy. We were holy when we were created. Creation is enough. Uh, incarnation just is is a is a further stamp on the the uh, sacredness of all of creation. One more piece here. In the Hebrew, Adamah is earth. Adam Adam is earth creature. For me, that's that's highly significant. And so Jesus, the Word, in humility, you know, you can, you can think of. Uh, Philippians chapter two in humility takes on Adama, takes on humus, so that Jesus becomes earth creature. To serve, right? I came not to be served, but to serve, mm-hmm. not to dominate. And um so the word is now integral to the earth. Uh, for me, that you know, there these are some things you can have conversations about, but for me that means that God This is Colossians. God is all in all. The theologians call that panentheism, not pantheism where everything is a God, but panentheism where all things, here's really elevating the idea of the sacrality of all things. Panentheism means we should treat all things with the knowledge that God is in them. That's incarnation. So that's the way we should be treating the world and this this adamata adam is, is very interesting to me because the root here has to do with soil with earth with with humus mm-hmm. and for we, we are right we are humus beings, we are earth creatures, earth beings that we we call ourselves homo sapiens from so humus human. And the same, the same root word gives us words like humility.
0: Mm, sure. And
1: humor. This to me is, is an, in, is indicative of how, uh, even as language developed, we understood the significance of soil. I have a friend who says that he's a gardener, but his primary product is soil. In 2009, my wife and I took a course on permaculture, which is intended to create a kind of agriculture that, that sustains and develops soil and um, moves us away from destructive pra- practices to constructive practices. And that theological idea of humus and humility and humor bring me to, to that sort of understanding.
0: And I just noticed in how you're speaking about this and saying soil and the soil being of the earth and Jesus being of the soil, you don't say dirt, you're saying soil. Is that an intentional word choice there?
1: You can use dirt if you like. I just think it's a little little more sophisticated to use the word soil.
0: (laughs) Well, and so then... I wonder with that, too, then, in looking at verse 14, where it says, and the word became flesh, I wonder, you know, f- playing with that word a little bit, and the word became soil and lived among us, like how that might.
1: Yeah, that's that's where I'm going with this. Earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust, dust to dust. This, this, this word became substance.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, became flesh, which is of the earth, right? I mean, we're... <laughs> 80 some percent water but the rest is earth earth elements and we return to it and and nourish the earth we can get into funeral practices too if you want but you know that just irritates me i'm looking forward to pushing up posies after i'm dead i don't want to be in some kind of container uh, and 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 not not decomposing and in some it's just
0: crazy the way we do death. It is no. It's crazy. Yeah, we 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 may have to have another conversation about funeral practices because I remember when I went on the one of the first call theological education retreats, and we took a class about green funerals and funeral practices. And I came back and I was like, Lyle, we have to talk about this. Like <laughs> this is all kind of <laughs> like this is what I want. And why are we burying people in cement? I yeah
1: oh it's it's horrible, and it's because it's because these um excuse my language idiot owners of cemeteries and and funeral directors, which are the bane of my existence, have created these uh lobbies that that require these vaults principally so that the earth doesn't fall down when when things decompose and they have to put more earth down. oh, that's so inconvenient. Mm. <laughs> anyway we we need we need green burial practices, and we haven't come up with i mean even cremation is not green it takes huge amounts of heat and energy to do that, so they're doing um, much better ones now with with some some types of of mushrooms so, so oh
0: i had, we'll we'll get there we'll get there a, yeah
1: yeah,
0: yeah, and I just love so much about this conversation. All of the different scriptures that you were quoting from Genesis, from Philippians, from Colossians even, those are actually all some of the other verses that we'll be talking about as this series goes on throughout this month. So I'm just so excited that even in just looking at these 14 verses again, which we could have dug into so much deeper that those seeds for the whole month are split. So this is just such a powerful foundational conversation for where I hope the series will go. And I hope for many, maybe beginning a journey of living more intentionally with the earth to, to shift from this, what was it till? And I can't remember the second verb.
1: Oh, uh, serve and preserve. Till till and keep, I think, is the normal translation. Yeah, so
0: to shift from this till and keep and dominion into this serve and preserve. So I've got to ask, we've done a lot of really like high-level theology here, which I think is so important in laying that foundation, and there's so much more to unpack here. But what is some, something that someone from the All Places Together community might do this week, a practical thing that they could do this week to serve and preserve planet Earth?
1: Yeah, let me first, uh, just a quick little downer here. Where, you know, the, uh, the recent IPCC, the Inter- Intergovernmental Panel on, on Climate Change, the report is clear that we are now not in the Holocene, but in the Anthropocene. That, that we have so affected the climate of the planet that it is human-created climate change, which is what the Anth- Anthropocene means. And there's a report on August 14th that it rained for the very first time in recorded history at the peak of the Greenland ice sheet. Now, that's the summit of the, of the ice sheet, but one of the largest bodies of ice on the planet. Rain at that location is a harbinger of horrible things to come. If the entire Greenland ice sheet melts, which it very well could do over the next couple hundred years, that's seven meters of sea level rise wow. or 23 feet of sea level rise just through the Greenland ice sheet. So that report simply indicates the IPC report in these, these you know, we, we see the uh, western half of the United States becoming drier and the eastern half of the United States becoming wetter. We have uh, climate catastrophes, 100-year events weekly now. It's imperative that we do a lot quickly. Ten years ago, I was telling congregations, you know, you need to use resources now to put solar panels on your on your roofs which is what we did at St. Thomas and make yourself sustainable as a congregation because it's going to just get worse over time if we don't stop using fossil fuels. So put a positive spin. The idea is to build resilience. This week we could begin to move from if you've got an oil furnace or a gas furnace to a heat pump or geothermal. This week, you could join others. You know, I think it's, we're beyond the point where individual action is going to do everything that's needed, so join a group. Mm -hmm. Find a group like um, the Land Institute or even Interfaith Power and Light. One of these groups that can make us feel hopeful by joining together to affect public policy. Without governmental public policy, we are doomed. Yes, you know, there's, there's just, there's no way to put a, a positive spin on this, and we need to act now to advocate for public policy: carbon tax, solar subsidy, replacement of fossil fuels, elimination of gas and diesel vehicles, uh, revolutionizing agriculture, and that's where I mentioned the Land Institute. They are developing perennial grains, so you just plant them once.
0: Oh, instead of having to do it every year.
1: Uh, that's right, perennial grains. Yeah. And, uh, we can move from mono to polycultures, from farming, turning up the soil, losing topsoil, which is precious. It takes many, many decades, many, many, well, centuries to build up the kind of soil we have. Now we're losing it. It's running down the Mississippi into the, into the Delta using these principles of permaculture. So I'd say do what you can locally, but join a group. That is advocating for public policy and get on the phone to your representatives, especially the Republicans who seem to be obstructionist these days to get these climate policies instituted.
0: So if you are listening to this and you need help finding a community like this, feel free to comment on the episode post on Instagram or Facebook. You can send us an email I'll share the email in the closing like I always do. And if you're in Virginia, there is a Virginia Interfaith Power and Light chapter as well and we'll be hearing from one of their board members, Laura Hartman, later this month. And so you'll if you're a Virginia person, you'll get to really have an inside scoop there as well. But if you need help getting connected, we will help you do this because it's now or now or never. Yep. Oh. Well, Lyle, I so appreciate you taking time to be with us here today at All Places Together. That the the wisdom that you shared with me when I started internship at St. Thomas, get ready for it. I did the math this morning eight years ago. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> so the, the wisdom that you have shared with me during our time together at St. Thomas and that you've been able to share with everyone today, I hope just will inform and shape and motivate all of us to be better caretakers of the earth that we can live out the call that Jesus has invited us into. So thank you so much.
1: My great pleasure. Thanks for asking me.
0: A Prayer for Planet Earth God, our Creator, as we reflect on the mystery of our fragile planet, we celebrate the wonders of Earth as our home. Help us to discern how we have polluted our planet and to empathize with the groaning of creation beneath us. Teach us to sense the presence of God pulsing through the Earth as living green blue sanctuary. Teach us to love earth as our home. In the name of Christ, the word of God, who is the creative impulse in all creation, we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us at All Places Together. If you heard yourself or someone you know in these stories today, we hope you heard God too. This past Tuesday, I had the honor and privilege of driving to Baltimore to donate over $1,000 worth of gift cards and supplies to Lutheran Immigration and Refugee Services to help our Afghan allies as they build a new life here in the United States. I drove on behalf of us all places together, as well as St. Philip and Christ Lutheran Churches in Roanoke, Virginia. I know that many of you also answered the call that I put out on Instagram and Facebook and gave online directly to LIRS. I want to thank all of you who gave gifts in any kind. Your gift will make a huge difference in the lives of our Afghan neighbors who now know that they are welcome here and that they are not going to be strangers for long. Over the coming weeks, I'll be sharing more ways that we can accompany our new neighbors in their transition to life in the United States. If you're part of another church community and you would like to share your love of all places together with them, the new APT playlist is just the thing for you. A new four-week Bible study series called Beloved Places is now available for download on our website. This easy-to-lead playlist mixes together the APT podcast with deeper Bible study and group-building questions. New playlists will be released as the podcast continues to grow. A meaningful donation for your group is asked for the use of these materials. We hope that you'll check out the playlist and engage with it soon. I hope to see you this Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern on Facebook Live for our first Season of Creation gathering. We'll dig deeper into our relationship with planet Earth, share our prayers, and grow in community together. In fact, you'll be able to find us live on Facebook each Tuesday in September at 8 p.m. Then on Tuesday, October 5th, we'll have our very first animal blessing. I'll have more details soon about how your pet can receive a special blessing and an animal tag to adorn their collar, aquarium, or cage. Be sure to like and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at All Places Together so you don't miss a thing. To continue to see All Places Together grow, you can give through our website. Scroll to the bottom where it says Give to All Places Together and you'll be redirected to our giving platform. Thanks to our mission partners, the Virginia Synod, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, and people like you who have shared contributions. We know it can be hard to give financially. We celebrate all the ways that you share the stories of all places together with the people in your life. No, I get so excited every time I get an Instagram notification, seeing that you've shared an episode to your story or a Facebook message about how this week's episode has been meaningful to you or one of your family members. Thank you for all of the ways that you are sharing God's love with the people in your life. And until next time, remember that God loves you wherever, whoever, and however you are.